just wanted to make sure everybody knows next door, we actually have a kids rally going on. So if you have a kid with you, or if you are a kid and you want to be a part of the kids rally, that's happening next door right over there right now. So you're more than welcome. Head over there. You have a special service just for you. It's going to be awesome. Why don't you guys stand with me? For those of you who I have not been able to say hi to or introduce myself, my name is Sienna. My husband and I serve as Section 2 Youth Directors, and we are just so excited that everybody is back together. We're able to worship the Lord and hear from Him tonight. And when I was preparing for this and trying to figure out what I wanted to say or what God wanted to do at the very beginning of this service, I was led to a scripture in 2 Timothy, and they're going to put it on the screen. And I just got the imagery of us being a vessel and talk. And, you know, the Lord says in scripture that he is the potter and we are the clay and he forms us and we are his vessel. And so 2 Timothy 2 and 20 says, but in a great house, much like this place here, there are not only vessels of gold and of silver, but also wood and of earth, some to honor, some to dishonor. And then verse 21 will say, If a man therefore purge himself from these, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified, and meet for the master's use, and prepared unto every good work. And so I don't know what you came in here carrying tonight. We're vessels, and so we all carry something. I don't know what you're carrying. I don't know. Maybe you're carrying fear. Maybe you're carrying stress and anxiety. Maybe you're carrying a lot of worries and doubts. Maybe you're carrying burdens of situations going on at home, so situations at school. Maybe you're carrying those good things. Maybe you're carrying love and joy and peace. I don't know what you're carrying, but I do know that by the time this night is over, that you're going to be carrying all the good things. You're going to be carrying joy. You're going to be carrying faith. You're going to be carrying boldness. You're going to be carrying his presence inside of you. And so in order to be filled with those things, we have to empty ourselves of all those other things that are getting in the way. So when we start this service, what I want us to do is we're just going to have a simple moment to repent. We're going to ask God to cleanse us, to empty us of everything that is getting in the way of him being filled inside of us. And we're going to transition right into worship after that. And God is going to move powerfully in this place. And he's going to speak to each and every one of us tonight. So why don't we lift up our hands and why don't we just begin to pray that prayer. God, I pray that you would cleanse me, Lord. Forgive me, God, for carrying the things I wasn't meant to carry. Forgive me for carrying the worry and the doubt. God, I give those things to you and I lay them down at your feet as a sacrifice, Lord. I pray that you would fill me tonight. Fill me with your spirit. Fill me with your love. Fill me with your peace that passes all understanding. God, fill me with faith tonight, knowing that you can do exceeding abundant all I ask or think. God, I pray that you would fill me with boldness tonight. Boldness to step out and worship. Boldness to respond to your word tonight. God, whatever you'd want to do in my life, let it be done. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Worship with us. Praise the Lord, everybody. And we come ready to exalt the name of Jesus. Oh, Jesus, we worship you in this place. Hallelujah. We worship you, Lord. 
on, help us sing this out. Let everything that has been praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I'll praise in the valley. I'll praise on the mountain. I'll praise when I'm sure. I'll praise when I'm doubting. I'll praise when I'm numbered. I'll praise when surrounded. Cause praise is the waters. My enemies drowning. Come on, if you know it, sing it with us. As long as I'm breathing, I've got a reason to Yeah. 
my weapon My praise will be my weapon Cause even when it doesn't look like it Not through your strength, not through your ability, not through your outfit, your popularity, but through Him, Jesus Christ, the name above every name. That at that name, every knee will bow, every one of your problems, every one of your challenges and trials will bow at the name of Jesus, the name that covers you. If you're thankful that you know the name and that you've been covered by that name, why don't one more time you just worship him? Hallelujah. 
Jesus, we thank you for your goodness and your mercy. And we thank you that in you we are more than conquerors. In Jesus' name. Somebody say, in Jesus' name. You can be seated. If you don't know me, I'm the guy who walks up on the stage too early. And my name is McGuire Denmark. My wife and I, we're, we're, we have the distinct honor of serving you guys as our Section 2 youth leaders. And man, what an awesome section this is. What an awesome group of young people that's here. Give yourself a round of applause. You guys are awesome. So thankful for this great crowd that's gathered here tonight for our back-to-school rally. I want to give a special shout-out to Grace Church of Central, Pastor Murphy. Why don't you give yeah, let them hear it. This church is first class, and we're so thankful for them, their hospitality, opening their doors, and taking care of us tonight. So I just got a couple announcements for you, to guy, for you guys tonight. Who knows what's tomorrow? Walkathon, yeah. Tomorrow morning, here in Central, at Blackwater Conservation Area. It's a park not too far from the church, okay? We're going to meet there, and we're going to walk for missions. We're going to walk. We're going to move the mission. Sounds like some of you are excited about it. Excited as you can be, you know, walking in Louisiana heat. It's, it's, it's okay. We're all going to suffer together for Jesus' name. Amen? So we're going to start walking at 9 a.m. Here's the deal. If you like, who likes donuts? That's depressing. Okay, well, the three of you can meet us here at like 8.30 if you want because we've got plenty of donuts in the morning. If you want donuts, be there a little early. We're going to start walking at 9. We're going to walk from 9 to 11. Otherwise, we're all going to die of a heat stroke, okay? So if you want donuts, we also have waters provided. Uh, like I said, we'll start at 9. If you want to be there a little early, 8.30, no earlier than that. It's just rude if you're at, like here at 7.30, you'll be here by yourself. <laughs> so walk on out. Who's planning on being there tomorrow? Awesome, awesome, awesome. Speaking of move the mission, August chapter, ooh, August chapter, yeah. I'm a preacher. I'm ready to preach. August 27th is the Move the Mission offering date. So pastors, youth pastors, that's the date you're looking for to submit your offering and uh, to let us know what you have, what you're given to Move the Mission. Any real McCoys in the house? Anybody know? I guess you don't know what that, you know, you're trying to raise more than $1,000 for Move the Mission? Or who's already raised over $1,000 for Move the Mission? That's incredible. Give them a round of applause. Now, in Louisiana, we have the different tiers, so if you're shooting for the $250, the $500 mark, you fall in that category of, of, of Real McCoy. Here's the deal. We need to know. If you're raising money for Move the Mission, we need to know. So there's going to be a link that goes out through um, Louisiana District Youth Ministry Socials, social media, the Section 2 social media. We're going to make sure you have it. It's a form you fill out so we have your information, okay? If we don't have that, we don't know that you raise all that money for, for Move the Mission, and we want to... We want that. We want to honor you. We want to make sure you get your perks, that you get to cut in line at camp. Come on now. Those lines at Louisiana camp are long. We want to make sure you get that opportunity to cut in line for the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. For the sake of missions. <laughs> that form, again, it's going to be sent out, but it's due September 3rd. So 
you know, bug your youth pastor. I'm, I'm going to make sure you guys get it. Don't worry. I'm going to be there for you. How many of you are already looking forward to our next youth rally? <laughs> Me too. This one's not even like halfway done, and I'm just, I'm, I'm already looking forward to it. We have a great time at Section 2 Youth Rallies, right? Yeah. Our next youth rally is going to be September 29th at First Pentecostal Church of Baton Rouge. And we're going to have Brother Caleb Saucer speaking to us. It's going to be an awesome time. You're not going to want to miss that. And we're getting ready to move into the next portion of our service. We've got some worship, uh, two more songs that are going to be sung. I'm not going to come up uh, in the middle of any of those songs. Maybe Brother Rivera, hopefully he doesn't do that either. But I have the honor and the privilege of introducing you to tonight's speaker, Brother Nelson Rivera. First and foremost, he's a husband. He's a father of three girls. He has my utmost respect. He is the pastor of Upper Room Church in Imperial Beach, which is in Southern California. So he's a long ways from home. We got him in God's country, though. Amen? Amen. He served uh, Upper Room Church as pastor for the last five years, and he's also served the SoCal District in various roles for the last 10 years, four of those being SoCal's youth president. Woo! Yeah. So that means something to one person back here. He's no stranger to Louisiana and certainly no stranger to, to youth ministry. And I believe that we're, we're just thrilled to have you in section two, Brother Rivera. We are thrilled to have you and we're so excited to hear what God has to say through you. I believe he's got a word from God. And so I pray that you students would open up your hearts and receive what thus saith the Lord. Amen. Come on, we're going to have a powerful time in the, in the presence of God. We believe his word's going to fall on good ground, that we're going to leave this place different. Amen. So why don't you stand? We're going to go back into worship. When that's done, Brother Rivera's going to come up here. But in the meantime, we're going, to, we're going to set our hearts and set our minds and set our attention on God. Amen? So why don't you just lift your hands and begin to talk to God as the praise team gets ready to lead us in worship. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, why don't you lift a shout to the Lord if you know that he will not fail you.
to be praised All the glory, all the honor belongs to you It belongs to my God Come on, give it to Him right now You're worthy, Lord Come on, that's it You're worthy, Lord I told you, Jesus
your hands to the Lord. Come on, let everything that have breath praise ye the Lord. Some of us are waiting on God, but God's waiting on us. One thing I've learned about the Lord is he's omnipresent. He's everywhere. There's no spot where he is not. He doesn't have to move. We have to move. And when we position ourselves for a miracle, things begin to shake in the atmosphere. So I'm going to ask you one more time. Can we worship the Lord with everything that's inside of us? I, I don't want music. I want from the fruit of your lips right now. Come on. Do I got to say it in Spanish? Todo lo que respire, alabe a Jehová. Levante su voz esta tarde. Lift up your voice. Come on, daughters of Zion. You don't need a good song. You just need to know, know how to step in to the flow of what's happening here tonight. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. After everything, the enemy of your soul. Hear me. I have settled in my spirit to never have dead church. And I'm not saying we're having dead church tonight, but what I am saying is that every service we come in, it ought to be an apostolic, red hot, fiery. Come on. I will enter his courts with thanksgiving, and I'm going to end. Let, oh, you can't hold my worship here tonight. If the party on a, fr on a Friday night, this world is the. There ain't no party like a Holy Ghost party because a Holy Ghost party don't stop. We don't wake up with a hangover tomorrow morning. We wake up with joy unspeakable. We wake up with peace that passeth all understanding. That's what the church and this world is looking for. You may be seated. Go back to your seats. Amen. Shake somebody's hand. It's so good to be here. I give honor to your youth secretary and youth president. How many love your youth president, Brother Jew Galloway? He's one of my very best friends. I love him so very much. And it's so good to have met Brother McGuire and his lovely wife. If you love your sectional youth director, why don't you give him a shout? And your presbyter, the Hereford family, we love you so very much. He picked me up. I almost didn't make it. I almost didn't make it. But God knew that I would make it. And I'm so excited that I did. And I have a beautiful wife, Talitha. She is the queen of my castle. The sugar and my spice. Three beautiful girls, 10, 7, and 2. And they are at home. And as I was flying over, I was getting text messages that a, a hurricane Hillary is about to hit Southern California for the first time in a hundred years. And I said, what in the world? You know it's bad when San Diego is getting hit with a hurricane. I figure that's why we pay four times what you guys pay to have a home. But nevertheless, pray for us. Uh, it's in Cabo San Lucas and it's supposed to make its way to Southern California. So we pray that the damage is not that bad and that our people will be protected. But it's an honor to be here. I give honor to the host pastor here. How many love your the host pastor? Thank you for, oh, beautiful building. Beautiful. Beautiful. As you stand for the reading of the word, Mark chapter 8, verse 22. And I have been wrestling 
I waited to the last minute, but this just kept coming to my spirit. So I told Brother McGuire, I'm sorry for the for the late sermon. Sorry, sound man. How many love our sound man? They are they are a best friend to a preacher. Thank you. And he cometh to Bethsaida, and they bring a blind man unto him, and besought him to touch him. And he took the blind man by the hand, and led him out of the town. When he had spit on his eyes, and put his hands upon him. He asked him if he saw aught, and he looked up and said, I see men as trees walking. After that he put his hands again upon his eyes, made him look up. He was restored and saw every man clearly. And he sent him away to his house, saying, Neither go into the town, nor tell it to any in the town. We'll preach on this subject, the cost of clear vision. The cost of clear vision. I wonder for the next few moments, if you just put your Bibles down, and every hand would just be raised here tonight as a sign of surrender. I wonder if you'd ask the Lord to speak to you. Come on, from your own voice, young people. You know how to pray. Just say, Lord, speak to me. Speak to my mind. Oh, God, I I don't know about you, but I'm not leaving the same way I came tonight. I need a flow of your spirit, Jesus. Help us, God. Strengthen us tonight, Lord. In Jesus' name. Clap your hands to the Lord. Amen. You may be seated. Had a young man. His name is Brother Isaac. He had a desire to join the Marines. Any military men or women, pastor, present here in the house, let me see your hand. Anybody? All right. Thank you for your service. Thank you for your service, sir. Thank you. And this young man, Brother Isaac, he was our head usher, and he had... Just a desire to live for God with everything that's inside of him. And I wrestled with him for the last two years to join the the military. I I felt like it wasn't time. I wanted him to to grow in his maturity in the kingdom of God. And so after a few years of listening and counseling with me, uh, we felt that it was time. And he joined the military and... He found out from a doctor that his vision, he was colorblind or he is colorblind. He has a certain condition in his eye that does not allow him uh, to be able to see a certain way uh, enough for the military to take them. And so for years he had trained, for years he had put everything he has inside of him and work and and training and and eating good and being fit and being agile and, and, and just going to college, doing everything his pastor told him to do, only to be denied by the U.S. Marines because he was not conditionally or physically fit to fit the role and be a United States Marine. And after years and years of this, going through this, we realized that perhaps this was not the will of God in his life. And as he would progress into that, a doctor gave him a provisional uh, authorization to go ahead and go through the process. And long story short, the U.S. Marines finally took him 
But it's what he told me at the end that really kind of shook me. And it relates to many of us that are sitting here tonight. He says, uh, on one hand, when he uh, heard the good news, he was elated that God had moved in his life to provide him the funds. But on the other hand, he is frustrated because he never expected that even after paying the price, he would have to still go through a process. And I don't know who I'm talking to tonight, but might I remind you that just because the price has been paid does not mean that you are exempt from a process. I mean, know what I'm talking about here today. Just kind of wave at me. Just because you're going through a process does not mean that there is fault in your faithfulness. You could be going through a process because God has you in steps and stages. God does not do everything right now. You may have right now faith, but that doesn't mean that God acts right now. Might we help somebody here tonight that if God was always a right now God, then he could not vindicate your faith. I'm talking to youth and young adults from Louisiana District here, Section 2, that you may feel that you aren't being as effective in your calling But sometimes the process is the miracle. I said sometimes the process is the miracle. (laughs) I'm going to preach. I want you to get this. Just because God has you in a process doesn't mean that he's not working on your behalf. It actually means you're in progress if you're in the process. And all through the four Gospels, we see instances of Jesus doing divine acts of healing. Some of his miraculous accounts are recorded for us several times, told from different vantage points in the different Gospels. Yet, there are other miracles recorded for us only once, unique to the Gospel which contains it. Within the Gospel of Mark, we find one of these unique miracles recorded in detail. The account of Jesus healing this blind man outside the village of Bethsaida is not only rare because it is written only once, but it is also the only progressive miracle Jesus performed in the New Testament. And Mark floods his book. Is this okay? Can I give you a little Bible study before we get into the preaching? Let me help somebody here today. If you want to be here in 10 years, you better learn to love good teaching. Come on. You got to get in the word. You can't know God and not want to be in the... This is the mind of Christ, the word of God. You got to get into it. You got to love it with everything that's inside of you. Thank you. And so it seems like every time Mark is... In his book, it floods with 19 miracles to reinforce his thesis that Jesus en route to Calvary served a hurting humanity. Every time Mark documented something, it seemed to be in a hurry. It was immediately and, and, and nearly out of breath. And then Mark repeatedly punctuated his account from, from several Greek words, euthos, which means immediately, straightway, or forthwith, and And as many of you know, human eyes are a pair of complex optical organs. When healthy, our eyes detect uh, 
and convert light into these impulses, transmitting these signals to the brain, which then equates to vision results. And being visionless was a hopeless condition, ladies and gentlemen, a hopeless condition with disastrous consequences. And the writer of Proverbs would say, where there is no vision, the people what? Perish. But he that keepeth the law, happy is he. And here in Mark chapter 8, or 8, chapter 6 months before the cross, Jesus is trying to get away with the twelve. And it's interesting to me that the crowds were all seeking him, but Jesus would rather always have 12 followers than a 1,000 fans. He'd rather have 12 that were committed than a multitude that were curious. Hear me, young people. There's always going to be people that want to get the latest and the greatest, the biggest church down the street. They give away iPads and everybody shows up. But I want an apostolic church where there's a flow of the supernatural in my service. I don't need an iPad. I just need the spirit to flow everywhere that I go. So he leaves the crowds. He skirts Syria and walks into a Greek-speaking place called Bethsaida, trying to get along with the twelve. And while he's on this retreat, some friends bring a blind man, and Jesus takes the man by the hand, and he leads him out of the crowd. Only two times he ever did that, and then he spit on his eye. If I spit on your eye tonight, I'm going to be in trouble with your parents. If I spit on your pastor, your pastor's probably going to slap me or spit on me again. Spit back at me. That's crazy. It doesn't make sense. Why would you do that? And Jesus does it here. The only time ever Jesus says, did this work? And a man said, well, I see men as trees, like trees. It's the only miracle that didn't work on the first try. Hmm. So Jesus tells him to look up, touches him again, and and on the second try, the man sees everything acutely. Now, why in the world would there be a story about taking Jesus two times to get somebody to see? Anybody ever thought about that? Or maybe it's just me. I'm just I'm reading this. I'm trying. I believe it is to underscore that every so often you need Jesus to touch you again. Hear me. I can't make an off-youth convention alone, ladies and gentlemen. Young people, I love youth rallies, but what we do on Saturday is just important as what we did to what we're doing tonight. What you do on Monday morning is, ah, the devil is a liar. you got to stop living from conference to conference. You need an experience and a relationship that's going to keep you. When the emotions go away. And so Jesus looks, touches him again, heals him. And I'm so excited what God is doing in our youth comedy. We're at Youth Congress this year. Amen. I was at Pennsylvania camp and I could not go. My, my wife's grandmother passed away. And so I, I, I had to be there, did the funeral. Georgia, she's from Augusta, Georgia. And I went and I did the funeral, but... Hear me, young people. If you want the experience to outlast the moment, you've got a purpose in your spirit that nothing is going to separate me from the Lord. 
I love to worship around 33,000 people, but can you worship when there's only you? You're the only person in the youth group. Can you can you pray? Can you show up to Monday night prayer when nobody else shows up? Can you pray when it's work day, when you got to push that vacuum? Come on. You've got to learn how to step out of understanding into revelation. It is a time that the apostolic church wake up and say it's got to outlive the experience. Because experiences come and go. You have one good restaurant, and then what happened? That's a great experience. And then you find another restaurant that's better. You get a new experience. You've got to have a relationship with the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Hear me tonight. I'm so sick and tired of the enemy and the world taking our kids, uh, taking young people. Come on, you know what I'm talking about. There are young people not here tonight that were here last youth rally. And you have the greatest preacher in Pentecost. Can I help somebody here? The greatest evangelist in Pentecost is not going to save your soul. You can disagree with me if you want to. You can have the greatest preachers. You can have the greatest church. But at the end of the day, you're going to give an account to the Lord. And you got to say, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. I will praise him at all times. And his praises shall continually be in my mouth. We've got to taste and see that the Lord is good. Nothing shall separate me from the love of God. Nothing, 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 nothing. Jesus tells him to look up, touches him again. On the second try, the man sees. And it's interesting that in verse 22, you really don't know what happens when you bring somebody to Jesus. (laughs) Right? It just simply says, they brought a man to him. He's about 17 years old. And uh, I'm sure I've said this story many, many times. It shows that you never know what can happen when you tell somebody about Jesus. A young boy, 17, my neighbor was was the all-star quarterback of the high school team. And man, I just wanted to be cool. (laughs) He had all the cool guys around him and all the pretty girls around him. There was none of either one of them around me, you know. I figured if I hang out with somebody that's cool, I'm going to be cool. So we think. And so I took Armando, and we, he would see that my parents would take me to church. Or to church and he said, hey, uh, I've lived by you for about a year now, and you've never invited me to church on a Sunday morning. I said, well, do you want to go? Yes. <laughs> Thinking to myself, oh, great. And, well, I said, well, meet me. Nine o'clock, we go to church early. Nine o'clock, be here and be ready for church. And he showed up to my chagrin and dismay. He shows up with, with Armando, who is the star running back, or Omar, the star running back of Montgomery High School. And he says, I want to go to church too. I said, Oh, Lord, have mercy. Show up to church. The crowd was nice. I said, the music music was going. And I said, as long as Sister Maria doesn't get out of hand, we're going to be all right. Con que la hermana Maria no se ponga loca, todo va a estar bien. And so, 
Music did a great job like they did tonight. Didn't they do awesome? They tore this place up. Phenomenal job. Man, the MC, Brother McGuire, got up, gave a word. Man, he was ready to preach, ready to throw down. Everybody did a great job. And I'm thinking, oh, as long as I just get the pastor up. I know he'll shut her down, you know. He gets up there. And as God is my witness, he's walking up. And before he said a word, she lost her mind. I'm talking about she went ballistic. And she was loud. I mean, loud. I remember looking down and thinking, I'm going to be the greatest laughing stock in Montgomery High School. Brother McGuire, they're going to write stories about me, how I'm crazy. I'm a snake handler. You know, they're, they're already going to be saying stories about me and how crazy we are. And I remember keeping my eyes down and just my eyes closed and my head down thinking, God, you've got to deliver me. I, I, I want to be a part of this thing, but I'm sick and tired of being embarrassed. I'm sick and tired of foolishness. And I hear a commotion. <sighs> People going crazy. I said, oh, here we go. And I open my eyes and I look up. And would you believe that Omar and Armando are in the altar speaking in tongues? Can I tell you that this world wants what you have? But you got to share the news with somebody. This message is meant to be passed. We got to be radical. We got to be radically apostolic. Everybody wants to be famous in 2023. How many want to be famous in 2023? Me. My sister's famous. Sarai Rivera. Look her up. She got 40 million views on YouTube. She's singing Christian music. She's on this tour. She just got nominated for a Dove Award. Spanish music, Christian music. She's traveling the world. Famous. Everybody wants to be famous. I'll start with a little video. And I saw... That 15-year-old girl, as we were starting a church with my father, my father was starting a church, a group of 10, 15 people, and there was nothing moving. I was playing the drums because every good PK knows how to play an instrument. How many PKs in the house know what I'm talking about? It sounded terrible. It was terrible. My sister couldn't sing. She couldn't play. But can I tell you, there came a day where the anointing, we just kept back every Sunday and kept doing it every Wednesday until the God wants to know, do you want it? Are you desperate for it? How bad do you want it? Hey, you, everybody wants to be famous, but you got to be willing to pay the price. There is a cost to revival. It doesn't just come to any church. It comes to a praying church. It comes to a worshiping church. It comes to an app. I wish up, Brother McGuire, why don't you take a victory lap here? Come on. Hey, we got to wake up and realize this church and this world needs what we have. We've got to be radically apostolic. I am a tongue talker. I am a holy roller. I dance. I worship. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is the power of God unto salvation can't be ashamed that's it you can't be ashamed come on if all you can do is wiggle your toe baby wiggle your toe if all you can do is dance where you're at you dance where you're at but you gotta break it you gotta break it (laughs) 
Everybody wants to be famous. Everybody wants to be famous. It's interesting how vaporish and vanishing fame is. These people are, are more famous. Think about it. Those men that they're still reading about are famous. There are millions of people like you and I are reading this portion of Scripture. They're simply called they because they got somebody to Jesus. Millions of people today are reading about it all over the world. And here in this story, Jesus does something he only did two times in the gospel. He takes a blind man by the hand and takes him away from the crowd. It was dark. Thank God that there's a personal Savior that can take you by the hand and sometimes do something inside of you so deeply in your life uh, that to say it is to stain it, uh, to publicize it is to pollute it, uh, to tell it is to taint it, uh, to communicate it is to corrupt it. Sometimes he does things so personal. You were fighting with anxiety and God healed you. You were fighting with homosexual thoughts and and God healed you. You were struggling with pornography and God healed you. He does something so personal. He heals. He restores. That's the kind of Jesus we serve. He doesn't judge us. He doesn't look down on us. He doesn't despise us. He said, come on. You can come as you are, but you don't have to stay as you are. You can be clean. You can be washed. You can be transformed. And it starts with the renewing of your mind. Hallelujah. Richard Foster, I want you to hear me. Sound man, make sure they hear me. The famous devotional writer, a Quaker, said there are three enemies to the spiritual life in America. And that's why Christianity is a mile wide and a half inch deep. He said they are noise, hurry, and the crowds. Noise, hurry, and the crowds. Richard Foster said, Jesus is waiting for somebody that he can take outside and get them away from the noise. Stop the hurry out of the crowds. Who am I talking to here today? You need to let him do what he wants to do the way he wants to do it in your life. If you got to leave those friends, young people, leave those friends. You got to learn how to say, bye, Felicia. As for me and my house, I'm going to serve the Lord. As for me and my youth group, we're going to serve God. You can be, oh, you can be charismatic if you want to, but I am apostolic. Pentecostal de la cabeza los pies. I am a Pentecostal from the top of my head to the sole of my feet. I'm not ashamed. Oh, I'm gonna get in trouble here. I'm so sick. I'm telling you, I walk into these churches, these charismatic churches that are large, thousands of people, and it's so dead. I said, ain't no way you're going to wing me over here. Uh-uh. This thing that we have, this experience, this soup, this Acts 238 experience is real. And it's meant to be alive every day. Amen. It's meant to be, it's meant to be passed to somebody else. It's meant to flow through me, to flow through you. You know why we come together? To build faith. When we build unity, nothing can separate. You know what the enemy wants to do? He's go, he wants. The enemy wants to tell you they're different than you are in the apostolic church. Say, ah, well, I don't know about them. They're a little, as my young brother says, sus. That's a new word I learned. 
suspect. Anybody the old folk here know what I'm talking about? Yeah, right? I'm like, what is he talking about? He said, that's a little sus. That's my 10-year-old daughter. I said, what is sus? Dad, that means it's suspicious. We get us. You know what the enemy wants to do? He wants to come in between us. White, brown, black. Oh, it got real quiet on me now. You know what I love about the upper room church? I got like 50 nationalities in my church. Oh, if you don't like that, you ain't going to like heaven because you ain't making it to heaven. <laughs> the only color Jesus sees is the red blood that he shed for each and every one of you. Come on. You can be white, black, brown, yellow. Let every single one of us ought to come and worship together. And I am sick of this world trying to divide us. Trying to tell, well, you don't look like they do. Well, that's a good thing because you got a bad attitude. Well, they don't act like that. That's a good thing because you, you're kind of dead in your spirit. You, we need each other. Hear me in the Holy Ghost. Sometimes I'm weak, but I need a strong man to lift me up. That's what Thessalonians says. When you're weak, you got, this is not about, uh, hear me, this is not about personalities. It's about principalities. The enemy wants to separate the church, but if the church would say, nothing's going to separate us. Come on, brother. Come on. Nothing's going to separate us. We're going to worship God. Come on. When we're happy, when we're sad, when we're depressed, when we're angry, we're going to serve God with everything that's But there is a cost. Hear me. There's a cost to clear vision. There's a cost. And we started building that church of 20 people. You know what we got? We got so crazy. We said, well, no one's coming. The only thing coming are the cucarachas and the, and the moscas, the flies and the roaches. I said, we got no money. We're broke, busted, and disgusted. But it's all good. We're going to have church. Hear me. If you build it, they'll come. If you pray and you fast and you read your word, come on. We may have new methods, but the message will never say change. That's, that's not negotiables right there. Apostolic doctrine, holiness in living, Pentecostal in experience. That's who we are. We can't change that. But our methods, our methods do change at time. And look, how old is the pastor that pastors here? Is he here tonight? Elder, come on, Bishop. My goodness, come on. Come here with me, Pastor. Pastor, come on, walk with me. Man, you look like a million bucks. If I could hang with you, we'd be Bishop, hear me. You, you know as well as I do that maybe having some lights. Maybe the beginning was a little tough, wasn't it? It was tough. Sister, I'm sure if you're anything like my wife, anytime new, I uh, I don't know. But this pastor, this first lady said, hey, we have different methods that we had 20, 30 years ago. But I've got a generation to reach. And as long as the message stays the same, I'm willing to put a few lights up. I'm willing to do a little carpet design because this is about the message. This is about the gospel of Jesus. This is about souls. Thank God for elders that are not afraid to step out and be uncomfortable. So watch this. 
because this elder is taking the step of faith, we as young people have an obligation. Uh-oh. Oh, you mean I have to pay for something, Pastor? Oh, it's going to cost you not money. But it's going to cost commitment. Come on. You like to show up to youth ride, but do you show up to work day when pastor calls work day? Come on. I'm sick of seeing that. I, my, my brother-in-law goes to a legacy church, and he said he never, he's 20 years old. He went to legacy church. You know it. Famous church. It's grown quadruple. I mean, Bible card, the whole thing. You know what I'm talking about. He said it was only the elders that would work, break down. Breaking down tables. He said, we don't know. I don't see this over there, even though we're 10 times the size of this church. He said, and here, he said, Pastor, here it's like all the young ones want to work. I said, you know why? We're building a culture. These elders have paid the price. They have paid for these buildings. Shame on us if we don't say, come on, Pastor, I'm going to help you build. I'm, you stay on the wall. You stay on the wall while we build. You stay on the wall pray for our souls. There's a cost. There's a cost. There's a cost associated. So we, as a church, as young people, hear me, the young people that are here today, tonight, you have an obligation. Young ladies, don't you be ashamed of who you are. Ladies, don't you be ashamed of who you are. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are beautiful. Oh, the devil is a liar. You don't have to. Look us like the world and act like the world to get some boy's attention. If that's what it takes, he's not good enough for you. You need to find a man that knows how to worship, that knows how to find his way to the altar. So I get frustrated when I see young girls. My 10-year-old, seven, she was seven years old, public school. She came home crying and said, Daddy... Some girl told me that she thinks she likes me more than a friend. That's the world that we live in. And the enemy wants to disrupt and confuse her children. And they're setting, if you think they're in, the world's not coming after us and the devil doesn't want to take you out, you got another thing coming. That's why you got to know what you believe and you got to love it. I don't do it because my daddy tells me. I do it because I love holiness. I don't do it. I do it because I love it because I've fallen in love with the word. And what can I withhold from the Lord who has given me so much? There's nothing that I won't give to him. There's nothing, hear me. And don't let me start on the men. I told Brother Bishop over here, I said, you know, the biggest epidemic we've experienced in this, my lifetime is not uh, COVID-19. It's weak men. <laughs> Women wear their holiness on the outward. But men... We're supposed to lift up holy hands. And we have a generation of young people that refuse to lift up holy hands. I don't care if you're in the front or you're in the back. Sound man in the back. Man, we, we have a responsibility to lift up holy hands from the front to the back. You know why? Because there's visitors that are walking in here. And if they see the sound man on fire, baby, that's the kind of church I want to be a part of. That's the kind of church that has vision. Young men, you hear me. 
The ladies aren't the ones that are supposed to out-worship us. Oh, he got real quiet. And went, yeah, you're right. You're right. So she says, but we do. The women are not supposed to out-worship us. I told my wife, you ain't never going to out-worship me. I told our young men, it is not my wife's responsibility to give my tithes. That's my responsibility as a priest in my home. I have spiritual authority. And I'm seeing the trend as a pastor where young men, women are giving, but the men don't want to give. The young men want to hold on to their check. I'll show up, pastor, on Sunday. No, 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 you can keep your gifts and your talents. You may be the best drummer you have, but, baby, you need to sit in the front row and learn how to be a good saint before you get up on my platform and try to worship God. You're not going to strong arm me to, to serve in this church. This is God's church. This church was here before you, and it'll be here after you leave. I'm building this thing, and I've got to make sure that God is well pleased with me. So hear me, man. I want to challenge you here. In a few moments, we're going to worship God. And I want the men to be the first ones to come up. Well, not yet. But when it's time, we're going to get crazy. We're going to be rowdy. We are men of war. Hallelujah. And the ladies are going to get behind us and say, yeah, this is how we fight our battles. This is how we worship. This is, oh, you come with me with sword and spear. But I come to you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh. I'll finish it. Immediately after this story, before the story, the 12 get in a boat with Jesus across the sea. Once they're out to sea, one of them, you can sit down. I'm almost done. Notices they only have one loaf of bread. And the Bible says he perceived what they were talking about. He reminded them there was 5,000 plus women and children. How many loaves did we have, Jesus? Uh, how many did it take to feed them? Five. Ye of little faith, he says. You're worried about being in the boat with me? <laughs> one loaf of bread. You see... Like many of us, they saw enough to follow him, but they didn't see enough to trust him. Oh, help me, Holy Ghost. I'm talking to people that know how to worship when it's dark and blurry. Woo, I feel the Holy Ghost. Come on, does your cross have a heartbeat tonight? Uh, you are a disciple of Jesus Christ, and you have the discipline to stay when it's blurry. You have a discipline to say, oh, when I was in Haiti, we would have these uh, rolling blackouts, and and at the middle of the night, I would hear the voodoo doctors and the voodoo chants in the middle. I'm telling you, the back of my hair would grow. Oh, you would hear those chants. And there was like shrieks and yells. And I got up and I said, what in the world is that? Every hour they were making their chants. I got so fed up when they told me what it was. I woke up one night saying, you know what? I'm not going to let the devil out worship me. I got in my bathroom and I started saying, oh God, I need your your blood's got to flow through this country. Come on, we need a flow of the supernatural. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is the power of God. I'm talking to no people that know how to worship. The Lord said through Isaiah the prophet, I don't just create light, I create darkness. I'm not just the Lord over good, I'm the Lord over evil. And if any man will be my disciple, take up your cross and follow me. Hear me, young people, what am I trying to say? There's a cost. You're going to pay a price living for God. Uh, everybody wants to live for God when everything's good. But when you get fired, you know what you do? 
church and you worship the Lord. <laughs> when you lose your girlfriend, hear me, young men. When you lose your girlfriend, you know what you do? You come worship God. Young ladies, you lose your boyfriend, you come to the house of God. Come on. He sticks closer than a brother. My joy is not predicated on our relationship with somebody else. It is because of you. Music come, music come. Quickly, quickly. You can stand to your feet. And they asked Helen Keller, it must be hard to be blind. Helen Keller said, no, it's not that bad to be blind. What's bad is to have eyes and no vision. Our, talk, our text says that they brought the man to Jesus and begged him to touch him. They took him by the hand and leads him out of the town. Now the man is blind. Hear me. He's blind. He's blind. He survives by staying. He survives by staying around the same and familiar places. And Jesus brings him by the hand. To some place unfamiliar, somewhere uncomfortable. You know, perhaps the reason we still deal with the same struggles is because we're unwilling to change our surroundings. Because you can't have God do a new thing if you refuse to leave old places. The man doesn't realize that Jesus is doing them a favor because he's from Bethsaida. And if you know your word, Matthew eleven twenty says, Jesus cursed Bethsaida. Because of their unrepented attitude. He's from Bethsaida. Jesus took him by the hand away from Bethsaida. Because Bethsaida is cursed. The problem here is that he's blind from Bethsaida. Which means he's in a cursed situation that he couldn't see he was in. But Jesus took him by the hand. He took him out of a cursed place. You know what? I'm thankful that God got me out of trouble before trouble found me. I thank God that he protected me before the enemy tried to smite me and kill me. Had a young man. I'm finishing. You can stand. Had a young man. His name is Brother Ziggy. I want you to put that, that picture, the first picture up if you have it. And this Ziggy, this young man, is, a, is an interesting man, as you can see. He's very high-functioning autistic, and he cannot really have a full conversation. But Ziggy, Ziggy has a heartbeat to serve the community of Imperial Beach. Ziggy, there where you see our church there in that parking lot, he said, Pastor, I want to be a parking lot attendant. So he put on that parking lot, you are, upper room. Hey, we got the best graphics. We got the best church. We're baptizing people every week. It's been weeks and weeks and weeks every week. We have, you know, if the waters ain't flowing as a pastor, I get troubled in my spirit. You know what we need? If your, your church ain't baptizing people and people being filled with the spirit, I've come to agitate your spirit here tonight. We've got to have a steady flow of the supernatural. I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to give up. I'm going to keep sowing seed. I know God gives the increase, but we all have to go. Ziggy, I want to serve. I want to serve. And, and the first impression, the last impression team said, Pastor, we love Brother Ziggy, but he's out of control. Está loco. People come up and he's telling them weird stuff. And he's scaring our visitors away. He's scaring our visitors away. People are looking around. And I said, well, 
can't we just put him a part of the outreach team? He got a door hanger. He could put a door hanger on the door. Pastor, we put him on Saturday morning. Every Saturday morning, this young man would pass out close to 200 door hangers by himself. He'd go door by door. I said, Ziggy, you pray over every door hanger that comes through. Ziggy, passion for God. Passion. I had the old pastor call me, Baptist Church down the street. He said, Pastor Nelson, yes, sir. He said, if Ziggy comes back to my church, I'm calling the cops. I said, why? He said, well, he showed up Sunday morning. And first of all, he ate all of our guest donuts. And second of all, as visitors were walking in, he was giving them upper room, saying 1030, upper room, 1030, upper room. I thought I was at the Baptist church. No, 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 no. There's Holy Ghost fire over there. You want the real thing. 1030, upper room. 1030, hey, get him out of here. 1030, hey, I've got to share the gospel. Well, wasn't but a few weeks later. We get Sister Modesta. Next slide. Shows up. And Sister Modesta and her family. Hallelujah. That's her. That's, that's, that's Brother Z on the right. That's Brother Hector on the left. His wife was a backslider and came to God. She walked out of her house on a Saturday morning praying, God, I'm tired. I've been lost for five years. I'm ready to go back to church. She said, Pastor, I walked out of the door and I saw the upper room. I looked it up and I saw that it was an apostolic church. I looked around. There was no door hangers. I went to my neighbor's house. There was no door hangers. That was the only house that had a door hanger on it. He came, and next slide, and we baptized that whole family in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. In your face, devil. In your face. We're going to take them out of the fire. If we got to take them out of the paws of jaws of death, we're going to do it. It's not the end of the story. That's not the end of the story. Hector, Hector, Hector. Next slide. Hector has cancer in his brain, brain cancer. They had given him six months to live. And there he is testifying on a Wednesday night Bible study. He showed up. He started going, Pastor, I know it's Wednesday night, but i got to share the good news. I've got to share that Jehovah Jireh, he's my healer. No cancer. The doctor said, I can't explain it. But there's no cancer. He was washed the blood of Jesus. That's not the end of the story. That's not the end of the story. Sister Modesta had a father who was 90 years old. The doctor said, there's no hope. He's going to die. He's not going to live, but he says he wants to be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I said, can you lift them up? He said, no. I said, I'll be there. You know what we did? Next slide. We showed up to that house, and I baptized a 90-year-old man in a bathtub. Why? Because I'm talking about it's like fire shut up in my bones. This is who we are. God, this is a generational thing. God wants it. He wants to save everybody. I want you to come. I want you to come. 
I like to do this. I'm not afraid. I like, I want everybody to come to the altar. Preachers, you be ready. Everybody, come on, don't stay back. If we got to push some chairs back, you push it back. I like to take my time. I need all the parents. Come on, stand behind some of these young people. We're going to need all hands in the harvest here tonight. All right. We got everybody. We got some room here on my left. This is where the fire is, ladies and gentlemen. You know, we've gotten so used to bypassing the altar. You hear me? We've gotten used to bypassing the altar. I feel the Holy Ghost so strong right now. This is a place we need to visit every service. I don't care if it's Wednesday night. I don't care if it's Sunday night. We're going to visit that altar. Come on. When was the last time you ladies had those bobby pins flying everywhere? When was the last time you men had your tie to the side saying, I look what the Lord has done. He healed my body. He touched my mind. He saved me just in time. just have one question please entertain my ignorance if he was blind how does he know what trees look like anybody come on who's hermeneutically astute here Brother McGuire's got many degrees here hey man he's got more degrees than a thermometer I'm guessing I'm educationally guessing that he wasn't blind before and now he is blind because he knows what trees are, what look trees look like. He knows what men look like. So surely he was, he used to be able to see, but he has been lost. Oh, but can I tell somebody here today and somewhere along the way, Jesus took him by the hand and took him to a place away from the noise, away from the crowds, away from the addiction, away from the problems out to see a place that there's freedom, a place that there's joy, a place that there's freedom, a place where there's joy unspeakable. Hear me, hear me. This is what we're going to do. I want every single man under the sound of my voice to lift their hands. All the men in the house. Ladies, for this part, I don't want you to jump and get crazy. We're going to let the men do it because they're going to lead the way here tonight. Is that all right? Come on, guys. Y'all get nervous on me over here. Come on, man. All right. This is what we're going to do. Come on, all the men. I want you, the men, to start jumping a little bit. Come on. Come on, guys. I wonder if the men would start. Somebody shout hallelujah. All the men shout hallelujah. I want all the men to shout Jesus. All right, this is what we're going to do. I want the music to stop. Hey, keep the beat going. It's all right. Give me the other We're having fun at church here, okay? Ladies, I want you to start moving. Come on. How do you worship? Say, God, I love you. Jesus, you're worthy. God, you're ma- we magnify your name tonight. I want, to, I want the daughters of Zion to shout hallelujah. I want the daughters of Zion to shout Jesus. 
I want the men to shout Jesus. All right, there's power in that name. I want every hand lifted on the sound of my voice. Everybody, everybody. We're going to pray the prayer of faith, and we're going to get radical for Jesus, okay? We're going to do something we haven't done all service. We're going to get apostolic here tonight. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Come on, upon the authority of your word. And the power of the name of Jesus. Come on, man. I pray a supernatural flow, a release of the gifts of the Spirit. There it is. There it is. In the name of Jesus. Now lift your voice. That's it. Pray in the Spirit. Ah, I'm leaving your change tonight. I'm leaving here changed tonight. That's it. That's it. Come on. There is a flow. There is a flow. There is a river. There is a river. I want you to gather in threes right now. Three, three, three. A cord of three strands is not easily broken. We're going to pray, okay, for each other. You're going to be, I don't want you to pray for yourself. I want you to pray for your neighbor. And whatever it is that they need, you're going to pray over that. I want you to ask them, what is it that you need? Come on, we all have a need here tonight. Are you ready? Are you ready? All right. I want you to start praying right now in the name of Jesus. We pray for healing virtue to flow right now. We pray for a flow. If you got to deliver, deliver somebody here tonight. Come on, you're going to make it. You're not alone. That's it. I will crush you need to operate in the gifts right now. Now all of my fear I will turn into That's it. Prodigal son's coming back. That prodigal sister's coming back. There's more for us than against us. Break every chain. All of my.
There's another wave that's going to get ready to hit right now. I said there's another wave that's getting ready to hit right now. Come on, it's okay. I know it's just, it's 845. Can you hang another 30 minutes or 15 minutes with the Lord? This is what I'm going to do. I want to clear this middle aisle right here. I'm going to need some help with McGuire, some of the ministry. This is what we're going to do. We're going to have to kind of hang on the walls. Now, I do this all over the world, okay? I, I've been in, I've done this 1,000 people, 200 people, 100, no matter. But I feel like I don't do it everywhere, but I failed to do it tonight. And what we're going to do is we're going to do an old-fashioned prayer line. I want the ministers to be in the middle here. The ministers for the Hereford, you're going to help me get the men or the ministry, ladies too, husbands and wives, pastors, anybody that's a leader, I want you to come and get me a little tunnel here. And the girls are going to be first. The ladies are going to walk all the way through the back. You're going to go through the middle aisle, and these men are going to pray for you. These women are going to pray for you. If you can start moving right now that way, and you're going to kind of, there you go. You're going to hang through the middle. I need the preachers. Somebody's going to get the victory here tonight. Before you go through, just wait. We're going to pray. Now, I want you to hear me very closely. I've seen people get out of wheelchairs in these lines. I have. I've seen blind eyes open in these prayer lines. How you come in, hear me, ladies, young ladies, how you come out of this line is almost more important how you coming through this line. You may be fighting addiction and anxiety and depression and all this junk, but when you get through this line, you're walking out in victory. And I want you to, how you exit the line, you walk through with whatever need you have. Maybe tonight you need God to give you a breakthrough in your mind, a breakthrough in your attitude, a healing, whatever it is. You ask God for it. And as you go through this line and you feel these men and women pray over you, you walk out of here with victory, okay? You're walking through it. You're not just walking and staying in it. You're going to come out of it. All right. We're going to pray together. Whatever it is that you need from the Lord. Ladies, you hear me. You walk out with authority and dominion and power that God's already given you. You hear me? Lord Jesus, we pray tonight, God, that there would be a supernatural flow. That lives would be changed, God. That young ladies would be healed in Jesus' name. That you would heal them from addictions, heal them from depression, anxiety, all sorts of junk that they got to deal with, Lord Jesus. I pray tonight, God, that there would be a release of the flow. God, that there would be healed in Jesus' name. If you believe that, I want you to clap your hands with everything that's inside of you. Who's first? And lady, you are breaking the ground. I see this every time, okay? Hundreds. The first one that goes through, I want you to turn back and look at all these young ladies. You are breaking the ground. 
So when you go through, you go with authority and dominion that God has chosen you to be that one to break through. You hear me? I want you to lift your hands. Well, come on. With that authority, I want you to close your eyes. In the name of Jesus, Lord. You're going to get the first miracle here tonight. Yeah. 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 It's yours. In the name of Jesus. I pray for the victory right now. I want you to pray, walk through. Come on, I want you to lay hands on them. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. That's it. That's it. There's a flow. There's a flow. There's a flow. There's a flow. Healing virtue flow. That's it. That's it. In the name of Jesus, freedom, healing virtue flow, healing virtue flow. I'm no longer a slave to fear. I'm no longer a slave to addiction. There it is. There it is. I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above only and not beneath. I know who I am. I'm a child. I'm a daughter of Zion. I've been called for such a time as this. Come on. We're ankle deep. We're knee deep. I'm all in. I'm all in.
just to stay. I'm not going anywhere. I've come too far. I've come too far. I've fought too many devils. I've fought too many devils.
brother and sister McGuire, I understand they were just section, installed section two, youth director. I want him and his wife to come here in the front. While they're presbyter, if any pastors or ministers are here, we're going to lay hands on them. I want them to know that we believe in them. And then where the last sectional youth director ended is your plateau. You're just starting there. And God wants to elevate this section to be the greatest section in all of Louisiana. You believe that? We're going to pray that the hand of God would be upon him. That they would step into places they've never stepped in before. Hear me, we don't, great ideas are great, but we've got to have this every service. Nothing else matters if we don't have a flow of the supernatural, the flow of the spirit flowing in our services. I want you to understand that. This is what makes who this is what makes us apostolic, apostolic in demonstration. And that's what we're gonna pray for. Where's Pastor Herford or Herford? Come on up, his wife. We're gonna lay hands on them. And I want every man and woman, every young boy and every young girl to pray. Extend your hand over them. We're going to pray right now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We pray right now, God, that there would be a steady flow. Every service, whether it's a move-a-thon, walk-a-thon, let it be established of the Lord. Let the every need be met i pray for their marriage i pray god for their finances i pray for their ministry let it flourish when he takes the pulpit give them that double portion anointing give them that mantle that flows in the name of the lord jesus christ use him to preach the best sermon he ever preached he hasn't preached his greatest sermon he hasn't preached his greatest thought God, use him to step into the five-fold ministry. Use him to train young people to be used. Clap your hands to the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you guys for that. Aren't you thankful for the word that we received tonight? thankful for men of God who are Bible-based enough to challenge us, Bible-based enough to call us from where we are to where we ought to be, amen? That's what happens when you come in contact with the Word. It's supposed to change you. Tonight was awesome. How many of you, you're leaving this place different? Let me tell you, the glory and the power and the moves of the Spirit that we experience, things like tonight, the touch from heaven, if we think that this is where it ends, we're sorely mistaken. If we think that the success of the, the message, if the success of our walk with God, if it, it, it stays right here in this altar and it's waiting for us when we come back next month, then we've missed it because there is a cost that comes with it. You've got to do something with what you've been given. 
Let me tell you, those friends at school that you think are judging you, that you think assume you're crazy. Brother Rivera testified it from his own experience. They are looking for something, but they don't know that you have it. If they only knew the power and the glory and the hope and the love and the peace and the joy, everything that you get to experience on a regular basis, if they only knew. The Apostle Paul said, if our gospel be hid, it's hid from those that are perishing. It's hid from those that are dying. We come to church, we get our touch, we leave fine. But if we keep it to ourselves, it's not us who suffer. It's those that are dying and going to hell. Those whose parents are in the middle of a divorce, those who are struggling with suicidal thoughts, you're fine. It's those that are missing out. So don't leave what you've experienced here. Let's take it back to school. Let's take it to our homes. To that parent that's not living for God. To that friend that's not living for God. Let, look, I'm, I, don't, I just feel led to share that some of you have got family members and you've got parents, you've got aunts and uncles who aren't living for God. And as a matter of fact, they mock you. They make fun of what you believe. They think it's a cult. They laugh at you. I was there. When I first got in this, I was a young teenager and I was made fun of for being Pentecostal and for believing in the Holy Ghost to speak. All these things I was made fun of by my own family. And let me tell you, years later, those same family members are begging me to come lay hands on them and pray for them because they know that I have something that they don't. What you have here is the answer to what the world needs. They just don't know. And they won't know if you won't walk in the boldness that God's called you to walk in. They won't know if you don't start that P7 club that he called you to start. They won't know if you don't invite that friend to church. So don't think it ends here. This is just the beginning. This is just the filling station to get you to where God's calling you your high school, your junior high. I believe in you. Sienna and I, we believe in you. These pastors, your youth pastors, your parents, we believe in you. And we're here for you. We pray for you. Because we know what you face. We know the, the, the things that wait for you at school. We, we, under, we see it and we acknowledge you. We acknowledge your struggles. But we acknowledge the God we serve is greater. Greater is he within you than he that is within the world. I'm telling you, if you only knew how powerful you were, we'd have to rent out the Raising Cane Center for sectional youth rallies from here on out. In Jesus' name, we'll have a rally there one night. So we're going to close in prayer. We're going to believe that when we leave this place, God is with us. Not only with us, He goes before us. He's already there. He's already in your classroom. He's already in that P7 that you haven't even started yet. He's already there. So why don't you lift up your hands?
and just thank God for what he's done and for what he's going to do. Jesus, we love you. We magnify you tonight. God, you're so good. You're so faithful. God, you, we thank you for the glory that we felt, for the power, God, for the lives that have been changed, for the bodies that have been healed, for the minds that have been restored. God, we thank you. But we realize, God, that this is just the beginning. Lord, we can't leave the same way we came. God, we refuse to leave the same way we came. God, I pray a boldness over these students, over this generation. God, a book of Acts boldness. God, that they would proclaim your gospel, your love in the face of every adversity, in the face of every accusation. God, that these students would realize the power that they have. God, the power of your spirit, the power of your anointing. God, I pray that as they leave, they would realize that greater is he within them than he that is in the world. You're already there. You go before. God, they need not worry. They need not fear. We receive it in Jesus' name. Everybody say, in Jesus' name. Come on, say it, in Jesus' name. You're still praying if the Lord's still working on you. Stay in that. You're dismissed. Thank you, thank you, thank you for coming to this rally, for supporting it. We'll see you tomorrow at 9 a.m. for our Move the Mission Walkathon.